Welcome to today's edition of Startup Couches. On the couch today, I have Philip. Philip is the founder of Oponcha. Welcome to the couch, Philip. Thank you very much for having me, Latanya. It's very nice yeah. to be here. Yeah, yeah, very, very nice. Um, on the couch, what we do is we have amazing founders come on the couch, um, talk about their products, they talk about the journeys that has led to these products today being on markets and the impact these products are making in our communities today. So, jumping right into it, what is Oponcha and how does it all work? Oponcha is a company whose mission it is to enable founders to realize the value of the e-commerce brands that they've built. So what we do is, um, what we, we realized basically a few years ago, you know, that people have started these e-commerce brands a couple of years ago, you know, in maybe they're selling either kitchenware or bathroom, uh, some like some fashion stuff. Um, and they reach a certain size where they can't really grow any further because, you know, they either lack working capital or operational expertise or the ability to scale geographically. Um, and so what Apontia does is um, we, we, you know, lots of those founders are, are looking to either to do something else or to, you know, to start a new brand maybe because um, that's the, the best way they can c- carry on using their skills once they've created these brands or, or, you know, maybe do something else. So they're looking potentially to exit or sell their business. And so what we do is we buy e-commerce brands and then we grow them and we we give some of the share of the increase in profit to the to the founder. Um, so it's a super attractive proposition to many e-commerce brand founders. Um, you know, they can get some of the value out of their business now, and yet they still get to share in some of the upside of the brand. Oh, wow. This is actually really, really interesting. So Oponcha buys e-commerce brands and exactly. then grows the businesses and then yep. get to still share the equity of the successful business now with the founders that have already sold the business to Oponcha, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say share the equity, but we share the increase in you know the growth in profit over the following oh, year. Okay. Yeah, right. we give we give a share of the increase in profit over this following year or two. But so I mean the way it's structured is is like a, from a legal point of view, our one hundred percent full acquisition, but we you know we like to make sure the founders are rewarded for any growth that happens over the following couple of years oh that's actually really really amazing this is interesting mm. um i think the closest thing i have come across is there's this um there's this um community or this marketplace that sells SaaS products um, no. I raised money some recently. Um, I, 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 I can't remember the name, but that's the closest thing I have come across to what you're doing. This is really, really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and particularly so like I know in Ghana and Accra, there's many sort of, you know, new and up and coming e-commerce businesses and brands. Um, we, so we look for a certain size. So you need to have quite, quite, quite large, you know, for for reasonably well in in revenue Um, uh, so any brands that are above that sort of size that are just selling online we we definitely would be interested to speak to the founders now oh wow that's amazing that's really really amazing so um 
my next question was supposed to be who your main customer segment is but i think um that is pretty clear um e-commerce businesses of a certain size um do you specify what the size is um is there like what's the criteria of them being um, eligible to like an appointment arrangement or acquisition yeah yeah there's only three main criteria number one is needs to um be uh above sorry i just need to turn my phone off needs to be above ten thousand dollars a month in revenue number two is they need it needs to be uh like it can't be a reseller or selling you know apple products or one of these things um and number three is it needs to there's a few categories that we won't look at so for example we don't look at people selling um like fast fashion so you know if you need to constantly change all of the all the all the different types of products that you're selling we 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 don't try, tend to buy those um we wouldn't really buy consumer electronics um and then things like groceries we you know or perishables we don't really buy. All right. So, what would you um, normally? We would buy. Our, so, our perfect brand would be, for example, kitchenware. Um, like maybe somebody was importing pots and pans from China and selling them on uh, Jumia or on one of these websites. Um, importing and selling without that- doing anything to it, then we wouldn't buy it. But it would need to have a brand. So, what you could do is you can speak to the factory in China and you can say. Hey, um, my name's Philip. Can you put the name Philip's Kitchenware somewhere on? Maybe Philip's isn't the right example because there's a big brand called. It's a PJ's Kitchenware. If you can stamp that on the products, you know, and if I found a sort of niche, slightly specialty supplier in China that nobody else is sourcing from, then I can build a bit of a brand around my product. That's the type of thing we would buy. So kitchenware, bathroom stuff, uh, sports equipment, toys, um, home and living, uh, gardening, pets, uh, cosmetics to some degree, stuff like this. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. That's actually really amazing. And so I'm very curious here because this is an interesting um, product. I like how you started this company. Yeah. Um, so I was, I moved to Dubai two years ago. Uh, I was working at McKinsey, mainly doing kind of uh, financial things like private equity due diligences and this type of thing. Okay. Um, and then all of the retailers in the region immediately wanted to move online. So we created what they called the McKinsey e-commerce war room, which is like very rapidly assessing, doing a strategy for retailers in the Middle East to move online. So that's how I kind of found my way to the e-commerce side of things. Um, and then, yeah. I can never this. So I'd actually, well, I'd seen a lot of pitches from e-commerce brands. And so I'd seen some of the struggles they'd, they'd gone through, both in terms of raising, um, raising, you know, even just working capital financing is hard to come by. Um, and then in terms of scaling and so um so it was basically a combination of those two things or those three things like the financing side of things um with the e-commerce knowledge and then also a bit of venture capital um yeah and 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 to be perfectly honest it's a it's a business model that's been 
in the US. I think people were holding off doing it here because they weren't sure if the market was mature enough. But I think I'd seen, you know, I'd seen that it was mature enough, basically. And so that's why we decided to jump in. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think my next question would be, um, how do you value companies? I mean, I like that there is already a criteria yeah. of having $10,000 in revenue. Is this recurring revenue per month or per annum? Per month, yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we pay a, a multiple of the profit of the company. So if you you can you can Google roughly what those multiples are, but um, so of your month of your average monthly profit. So let's say a company, um, let's say you know some of the companies we work with in the Middle East, maybe they have uh, you know they might have pretty decent monthly profits. Some of them even maybe hundred thousand dollars a month in profit. Yeah. So this means, so we basically pay, you know, 20 to 25 times your average monthly profit. So if you make $100,000 in profit, we'll pay, let's say, $2.5 million. Uh, it depends on the business. That's if we like the business, you know, um, if, uh, if, 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 if it's above average for what e-commerce businesses sell for is the purchase prices we pay, especially in emerging markets. Um, and then we give some share in growth in profit over the following couple of years um usually the following year but if you know if it's we can consider the following two years uh and that that share that we give depends on um to to what degree you know it's an attractive target for us so how simple is it for us to run the operations and this type of thing okay and so i guess my 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 other question following up with that would be um since Oponsha is in the you know business of acquiring new brands and acquiring new brands. I'm I'm guessing your operations team would be rapidly increasing over time as you go. So how do you manage that? How do you manage um, new brands? Do you have to hire new ops people? Do you already have yes. like a pipeline of ops people? How how does that work? Yeah, we have to hire like mad. So we've hired thirty people in the last month or two, um, and we're going to carry on hiring like this. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Great. And so, um, I wanted to ask, you know, how have you been running this business? But this business is a very, very big capital intensive business. So I, I like to assume you have like some deals with like some private equity firms. So like, how have you been, you know, running this business so far? Yeah. So we, we, in terms of the capital, we have equity investment from some venture capital funds in the in Europe, US, and in the Middle East. In terms of the financing for the acquisitions, yeah, yeah, you're right. So we have a, fi- a debt facility from a venture debt fund um, that enables us to make acquisitions, basically. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, and so, on your day-to-day running of Oponsha today, what would you say is one major challenge that you face? I'm guessing maybe it would even be just acquiring great operational talents, but I'd like to hear. Yeah, that that's you've hit the nail on the head. Um, talent is always tricky. Um, we're, we're super lucky we've built an absolutely phenomenal team so far. So, but yeah, yeah it requires most of my time, uh, to be honest, is spent in hiring. Um, but then beyond that, um, I mean, we're, we're always we're always sourcing. So sourcing new brands to buy is uh, a permanent uh, part of our day. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think there's just an enormous amount of regulatory and legal work to be done to set up operations in, for example, Saudi Arabia or Turkey or Poland or wherever. So that will take an enormous amount of time. Mm, yeah, I get that. Um, so far, you know, building Open Chat today, um, what would you say is your biggest lesson you have learned as a founder that you like to pass on to another founder or like some great insights you've you've been able to uncover in the e-commerce space today <laughs> interesting um uh, i think yeah I, I think as a founder um i think you have to make a decision as a founder uh, and this is maybe something i wish i'd known earlier and also something that's not widely agreed upon. Um, so I, I would say, um, I keep getting these blasted messages, I do apologize, I'll turn, turn this off. Um, I would say that the... Yeah, yeah. When you're deciding. So if, like me, you kind of knew you wanted to found something, but you weren't sure exactly what you wanted to found, um, your, mainly, your main criterion was that it has an impact and is positive in the world and that you can build a business out of it like it's a it's a it's a, a workable business profitable idea um and as a founder i think you have to choose between those two things quite sometimes they are odds with each other so you can do a boring profitable business or a or, or a business that excites you but is not profitable um <laughs> so so i th- i think i'd <laughs> Uh, I think I'd been leaning too too much towards the unprofitable, exciting end of things in the ideas I was exploring. So I like going with an idea that's fundable is a is not the worst idea in the world. So like okay. this business is very fundable, um, and like yeah, I didn't really know like an enormous amount about e-commerce this time last year, to be perfectly honest, because I was just getting into it with with McKinsey. Um, but the journey of building this business has been super exciting in itself. Um, I think maybe, maybe if you have an idea that somebody's willing to fund, <laughs> then just do that idea. Maybe, maybe yes. I don't know if this is this is probably very terrible advice. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't actually think it's terrible advice. I think um, if if something is fundable, if an idea is fundable, at the very least, it means that there's validation that this is something that would make money basically because fundable yeah. just means i like to put money here because i like to see uh, i i i i believe there'll be returns right and so yeah. um if if someone is willing to fund your business that's something that right i, I really agree with you and yeah. i don't think it's terrible advice at all <laughs> i i think it's it's probably not so popular because a lot of people say like follow your heart you know yeah at the end of the day you might just you know stumble on something that you know a lot of people are willing to pay for or a lot of people are willing to give you money to build yo i mean why not dive in <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I don't think that's terrible idea at all at all okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah so my very last question for you philip is yeah. how would you say the pandemic affected upon chance business well, we definitely wouldn't have a business were it not for the pandemic. Um, 
I mean, like e-commerce doubled everywhere in the world in the last 18 months. So yeah, there would not be enough acquisition targets were it not for the pandemic. Um, So yeah, that's how, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think on this note, I'd like to say thank you so much, Philip, for coming on the couch today. This has been a very interesting conversation. Lotana, it's great to speak to you and the Ghanaian Accra, Accra community. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for um, me. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really a pleasure of mine having you here. And for everyone else listening, um, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure to share this episode with your friends. You already know every single week we have people like Philip on the couch sharing about their products and how it's impactful on our communities. So until next time, see ya.